This is Bigger Pockets Daily, expert advice for real estate investors. If you like what you hear, check out biggerpockets.com. I think you'll find a warm, welcoming community, a wealth of data to help you make the best decisions, and calculators to help you analyze deals. We make the blog articles available on this show so you can absorb the information while you're organizing the garage or remodeling your bathroom on this Saturday. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we hosted on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Meet RentApp, the seamless, secure, free way to collect rent. Built by a team of fintech veterans behind Square and Cash App, RentApp uses ACH bank transfers to deposit funds directly into your account. You don't even need to download anything. RentApp setup is straightforward for renters, and there are no apps for landlords to download. Both get peace of mind with a digital transaction history. That means no more lost checks, managing a dozen different payment apps, or even wondering whether payment was sent. Landlords say RentApp is the most convenient way to collect rent, and we think you'll agree. RentApp, the free and easy way to collect rent. Learn more at rent.app slash landlord. That's rent.app slash landlord. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. It is Nonfiction Friday. Welcome. So today is an excerpt from the book on advanced tax strategies by Amanda Hahn and Matt McFarland. You can find out more about the book at biggerpockets.com slash taxes daily. It's an excerpt from chapter two, the do's and don'ts of accelerated depreciation. What is cost segregation? Cost segregation is a valuable tax strategy for real estate investors that is designed to accelerate depreciation expense into current years rather than waiting to take it slowly over time. It is important to note that cost segregation does not mean you received any 
Extra depreciation, it simply means that you are speeding it up and receiving the tax benefit today rather than waiting to receive it over 27 and a half years. We discussed previously that the IRS has a set of rules with respect to the calculation of depreciation. For residential rental real estate buildings, a rule for length of time, usually called the depreciation period, is typically over 27 and a half years. With respect to rental real estate, there are more depreciable assets within the building other than just the building itself. Examples of other commonly found depreciable assets on rentals can include flooring, appliances, roof, cabinets, countertops, fixtures, drywall, plumbing, and HVAC. Each of these assets can have different depreciation periods, and most are less than 27 and a half years. In essence, cost segregation is an analysis done to accelerate the depreciation on the building. Rather than depreciating the entire amount as building over 27 and a half years, cost segregation breaks out the components of that building into smaller assets. Once these components are broken out, for example, cabinets, countertops, appliances, they can result in a larger tax deduction in the current years. The depreciation on items such as sidewalks, parking lots, specialty plumbing and electrical, and carpet can then be accelerated over 5 to 15 years instead of 27 and a half years. From a tax perspective, cost segregation can create a faster, hence larger, depreciation right off today. That's why cost segregation is often referred to as component depreciation and accelerated depreciation. Believe it or not, cost segregation can significantly increase the tax deduction on a rental property. Depending on the underlying property, it may be possible to create depreciation deductions of up to 20% to 40% of the purchase price of the real estate. If Megan and James were to invest in $1.5 million of rentals and implement a cost segregation study that showed accelerated depreciation to be roughly 35% of the purchase price, that could mean up to $500,000 of depreciation in the first year. This could completely wipe out the taxes from Megan's RSUs from work and save them $225,000 in income taxes. Cost segregation sounds exactly what Megan and James are looking for. They both had hoped that real estate investing could help them lower their taxes, but they never expected it to wipe out their entire tax bill from the stock windfall. Common questions regarding cost segregation. How is a cost segregation done? And can I do it myself? We have come across investors who have tried the do-it-yourself DIY method when it comes to cost segregation. There are also some off-the-shelf software programs that claim they can be used to calculate cost segregation benefits. So, can an investor perform a cost segregation on their own? Sure. Is it recommended? No. To do a cost segregation, you would need to carefully examine and apply the IRS depreciation policies on land, land improvements, and various classes of personal depreciable property. There are differences between Section 1245 property and Section 1250 property, to name a few. In addition, the IRS has defined 13 principal elements of a qualified cost segregation. Those elements are 1. Preparation by someone experienced and with the expertise. 2. Detailed description of the cost segregation methodology. 3. Use of appropriate documentation. 4. 
Interviews conducted with appropriate parties. 5. Use of a common nomenclature. 6. Use of a standard numbering system. 7. Explanation of the legal analysis. 8. Determination of unit costs and engineering takeoffs. 9. Organization of assets into lists or groups. 10. Reconciliation of final allocated costs to total the actual costs. 11. Explanation of the treatment of indirect costs. 12. Identification and listing of Section 1245 property. 13. Consideration of a variety of related aspects. For example, sampling techniques, change in accounting. As you can see, it is more involved than simply breaking out the cost of dishwashers and sinks. Unless you are well-versed in the 13 elements above, we would not recommend taking the DIY approach to a cost segregation. It should be done by a reputable engineering or consulting firm. There is a set of specific rules and guidelines that must be followed in order to break out the components of a building and accurately split out the property for depreciation calculation. Doing it yourself can be complicated, time-consuming, and, most of all, risky. Our recommendation is to leave this to the professionals and hire a cost segregation firm. Aren't cost segregation studies very expensive? This is a concern we have heard from time to time. As with most investment decisions, there is a cost-benefit analysis that should be done in order to determine whether this strategy makes sense for a given investor in a given year. It may work for you, but not your investor friend. It may have been a bad strategy for you last year, but a great strategy for you this year. It all depends on the facts and circumstances of each case. However, if a 20% to 40% write-off in the first five years can save you tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes, <laughs> then it very well could make sense to incur the cost to get the analysis done. When is a cost segregation study done? First, Accelerated depreciation can be taken at any time on a rental property you own. It does not need to be taken in the year you first purchased the property or in the first year the property is placed into service. It doesn't need to be done in year two or three or four. You get the idea. Essentially, cost segregation can be done at any time during your rental holding period. Investors are often under the impression that cost segregation must be done before the end of the tax year. Although, most tax strategies do need to be implemented before the end of the year in order to reduce taxes for that year. That rule actually does not apply to cost segregations. In fact, we often recommend that clients wait until the tax return is being prepared before making a decision on whether a cost segregation would make sense for that year. For example, if I am expecting to pay taxes at 37%, I may want to get a cost segregation done to reduce my taxes. What if, though, by the time I prepare my actual tax return, it turns out that I actually ended up in the 10% bracket? I may want to forego cost segregation for now and reconsider it as a strategy for a future year. The best time to decide whether to do a cost segregation is when you know how much in taxes you would actually save. The cost segregation does need to be done before the tax return is filed, however, so you don't want to wait too long to start analyzing its cost benefits. Isn't cost segregation only for large properties? Just like Megan and James, many investors are under the impression that cost segregation is a strategy to be used 
only for the heavy hitters of real estate investing. Although it is true that larger apartment buildings and commercial property can benefit greatly from accelerated depreciation, it does not mean that smaller properties or single families would not benefit. Since depreciation is calculated based on the purchase price of the property, price is often more important than the property's size when it comes to cost segregation benefits. For instance, single-family property purchased for $500,000 may have the same or even better benefits than a 10-unit apartment building purchased for $250,000. Many investors are pleasantly surprised to find that it can make sense to consider cost segregation on smaller properties with a basis of $300,000, and sometimes even less. It can also make sense for an investor who may have three smaller rentals that total $300,000 in depreciable basis as well. It really depends on the property itself, its location, and the profile of the investor. In any case, it is certainly worth at least an analysis to see if the benefit outweighs the cost. If I do a cost segregation, won't I just pay more in taxes when I sell the property? This is a common concern from investors who are contemplating a cost segregation. An investor's tax basis is generally what they paid for the property. It is increased by improvements made to the property and decreased by depreciation taken each year on the property. Since a cost segregation accelerates the depreciation of a property, the investor's tax basis is decreased as a result. Although it is true that a cost segregation decreases the investor's tax basis, which thereby increases the future capital gains on the sale of the property, it still can make sense to do a cost segregation. If I asked you whether you would prefer to pay the IRS taxes today or wait to pay them 10 years down the road when you sell the property, which would you choose? Most investors we know would choose to pay later. This is exactly the same concept with respect to cost segregation. You are accelerating the depreciation today to pay less tax today instead of waiting for that benefit until future years. Another thing to consider is the difference in tax rates. Let's consider Megan and James's situation. If they use a cost segregation to offset their income in the year where they had large taxable income, on which they would have paid taxes at a 45% tax rate, that means tax savings of 45% on the accelerated depreciation. In addition, when they sell the property down the road, they will either pay taxes at a lower capital gains rate or on a recapture rate of 25% both of which are lower than the tax savings they receive today of 45%. In this example, not only do Megan and James defer the taxes into future years, they also receive permanent tax savings of at least 20% as a result of this strategy. If I write off $100,000 in depreciation, isn't the IRS sure to audit me? This is a common fear for investors evaluating cost segregation. Fortunately, that does not appear to be the case. With a large number of investor tax returns we have prepared, a sizable percentage of them include accelerated depreciation. Of those, very few returns have been selected for IRS audit. Of the ones audited, there were only a few cases where the IRS agent actually asked to look into the cost segregation calculation. This is why it is extremely important to make sure you are working with a reputable cost segregation firm and not doing it yourself. 
In the instances where the IRS inquired about the calculation, the cost segregation firms were able to produce their work papers to document and support their analysis. After that, the auditors signed off on those calculations without any further questions. Different person, different results. As with everything regarding taxes, this strategy is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Although it works wonders for Megan and James, it may be a terrible strategy if used incorrectly by another taxpayer. Edward graduated from dental school and started his career as a dentist. He is making a great living getting paid W-2 income of just over $150,000. He's eager to get into real estate investing. With his high W-2 salary and a nice down payment, Edward is able to purchase two rental properties in his first year as an investor. He attends a lot of local real estate investment clubs and meets many other investors. That is where he learns about the tax benefits of cost segregation. Another investor tells Edward that cost segregation is the best-kept secret in real estate investing and that it had helped her wipe out her tax bill and resulted in a large refund. After hearing this, Edward gets the contact information of the cost segregation firm from that investor friend and promptly gets in touch with them. After paying $2,000 for the project, he can't wait to show the result to his CPA. <laughs> the cost segregation resulted in over $80,000 of additional depreciation. This will surely save Edward a nice chunk of change in taxes. Or so he thinks. To his disappointment, the CPA says that although there was accelerated depreciation, Edward will not be able to use the depreciation from his rental properties to offset his W-2 income. The reason? Edward makes too much money. Because Edward is making over $150,000 of income and is not eligible to claim real estate professional status, the accelerated depreciation will not result in a single dollar of tax savings for Edward this year. Edward can't believe this. Why hadn't the cost segregation firm told him this before he paid them? Well, there is a perfectly good reason. The cost segregation firm is great at accelerating depreciation. However, they are not Edwards' CPAs, and they are not preparing Edwards' tax return. As such, they don't have insight as to how or whether the accelerated depreciation will benefit Edward. What Edwards should have done was first talk with his CPA to find out if cost segregation would be a good strategy for him that year. If so, Edward could have had his CPA and the cost segregation firm work as a team to see if there were ways to best utilize this strategy. The good news is that Edward did not lose out on that depreciation. It can still be used to offset taxes from future rental income. There are additional planning strategies to help Edward claim real estate professional status in future years so that he will receive these additional tax savings. Nonetheless, the sad truth is that Edward will not receive any current year benefit from the cost segregation, and he is out of pocket the $2,000 that he paid the cost segregation firm. As you can see, different investors have different tax profiles. A strategy that works wonders for one investor may be completely worthless to another. The best action to take is to plan ahead and get the appropriate advice from your tax advisor before implementing any tax strategies. Are you already claiming it?
Cost segregation is another one of those frequently overlooked opportunities for real estate investors. There are lots of ways to calculate depreciation, and it is somewhat rare that we see a tax return with depreciation done in a way that accelerates the depreciation deduction strategically. Why? Because not all CPAs are well-versed in real estate. Further, the vast majority of tax return preparers may not have been taught cost segregation in school. For most of the tax returns we review, we see investors who depreciate their rental property with two components, land and building. Depending on the investor's tax profile, this could hurt the investor when it comes to depreciation write-offs. Most rental properties have many more components than just simply land and building. There may be appliances, parking structures, landscaping, furniture, fixtures. These items can be depreciated much faster than land and building. Accelerated depreciation is commonly discussed in the real estate world. Often, an investor may assume that their CPA is taking accelerated depreciation when it was not actually claimed on the tax return. If you feel you should have taken accelerated depreciation but are unsure whether that was actually done, one quick way to confirm is to take a look at the depreciation details in your last year's tax return. If you do not see anything listed other than the land and building for the property, it could make sense to meet with your CPA to determine if a cost segregation study might benefit you. By the same token, if you have made improvements to your property or if you purchased a recently rehabbed property, make sure to provide your tax advisor with the improvement breakouts so that they can help you accelerate your tax deduction when appropriate. What does it all mean? Depreciation is one of the best tax benefits of being a real estate investor. If used correctly, it can help reduce taxes from rental income as well as other types of income. One way to supercharge your depreciation deduction is to accelerate depreciation with a cost segregation study. The cost segregation study pushes future depreciation into the current year so that you can pay less tax now rather than waiting to pay less tax in future years. There are a lot of myths and misconceptions with respect to cost segregation that should be noted. Before implementing a tax segregation study on your investment properties, make sure you meet with your tax advisor to determine whether it is a good strategy for your unique situation. If so, then a cost-benefit analysis should be done so that you can make an informed decision on whether this strategy will result in actual dollars saved. All right, that's it for this show. But remember, we have a whole library of episodes with timeless information about how to grow your real estate portfolio so you can enjoy the life you were meant to live. Just tap all episodes in your podcast app or scroll back in the feed to check out an older but still evergreen show. Otherwise, dear listener, until tomorrow.